Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker. My guest today, Sal Fleshman, is joining us from Osaka, Japan. He's going to talk about bootstrapping and building his business, RightKit. RightKit initially started off as a hashtag recommendation engine, but his company now has various tools to help marketers streamline their social media workflow. As the CEO of the company, he has seen the company evolve and grow. Listen to him as he shares his insights about storytelling, entrepreneurship, and hashtag analytics. All right, you guys. Hey, we're excited today. We have Saul on the podcast. We're going to be talking about a number of different things today. The premise is going to be hashtag marketing, but there's going to be a number of other things that we talk about in the realm of hashtag marketing. So we're excited to have you today, Saul. Once again, how are you doing, man? Great. Good. I was going to say, what time is it there? Because you're in Japan, correct? Yes, Osaka. Awesome. So you, and how long have you been there for? Half my life. 26 years. 26 years. That's awesome. So you speak fluent? Are you fluent in Japanese? Used to be. Now I do Used to be. in English. Ah, okay. That happens. That happens. That's okay though. So where did you grow up then? Philadelphia. Awesome. And then how did you end up? So you end up in Philadelphia. You're 26 years there. And then how did you end up in Japan? I last year at Penn State, first semester, I did something called semester at sea around the world mm. on a ship and had never traveled before and I loved it. And I decided I'm not going to work in Philadelphia. So as soon as I graduated with a BA in film, thought I was going to be a director. <laughs> I came back to Japan and off and on I've lived here. That's crazy. And then, so tell us about when you were in Philadelphia, like I, give me a little background, like how you grew up and stuff like that. So how big was your family in Philadelphia? It's just my sister, me, my parents, and parents were artists, strange, zero logic in my experience, which is really tough when I'm dealing with developers. I'm kind of yeah. like learning logic as... It's a whole new language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you grew up kind of, I was, I grew up here in California. And so I had a little bit of a kind of a hippie household. So we were a little, not that we didn't have logic, but it was, you know, a little kind of free this and free that. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't too hippy dippy, but it was just enough to where, you know, I've been to a few peace rallies, you know, I mean, it, it, it happens. And so tell us any interesting facts about your family growing up. Is there anything like you're like, other than the fact that you speak Japanese that you said probably used to be fluently, but I'm pretty sure if you were put in a situation, you would be yeah, I, guess, have a conversation. I guess the most poignant thing I can say, my, my father was pretty accomplished artist. People would see skill, ability, and he never got, he never sold a single painting. He would take really? these expensive trips. We didn't have a car and he would take these expensive trips to New York City and try to get his stuff taken on consignment in galleries uh -huh. and it never happened for him. And the thing I say, this is poignant in that what he wanted was a lot of what we want with our products because we're a self-funded startup, hundred percent. Bootstrapping it. Yeah. So what he wanted, he didn't expect to earn a living from his work, but what he wanted was like that sign of approval when somebody opens their wallet and will actually pay money for something. And we're the same way. It's like yeah. proof of our value proposition when someone actually pays for something that you make. Yeah. That's a big day, right? That yeah. goes from, you know, from the dream to like, Hey, somebody actually believes in what I got going on, which is always a nice little transition. You just have to get a thousand more of those and things are good. Yeah. That's awesome. So what was, and you said your major was um, film. Interesting. You use any of that these days? I mean, do you, I don't know if you do tons of film in regards to the, the company you have. Storytelling. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So like that, that makes sense, thing, right? And that's, my dad, you know, that. Yeah. Of, so, or someone applies for one of our internships 
and our internships are unpaid. And when they hear our backstory, then towards the end of the backstory, it's, I did my second unpaid internship when I was 43. Yeah. I wanted to get a foot in the door at a startup and I couldn't find a job. So I did one for the experience. So things like that, it's stories, true stories, but sort of like finding them as you go along and then using them because they resonate with people. Well, that's the thing is people love stories. You know, they always, you know, I've always talked about this and when people I've talked to or whether I'm presenting or anything is like, when you have a story behind something, people, there's so much more to it. And we talk about like, I've talked about wine or beer or like when you're drinking a beer, you drink a beer, that's great. But if somebody tells you the story behind the beer and how it got here and the original co-founders and this and stuff, all of a sudden the beer tastes that much better. Right. Or it's like, wow, that's really awesome. It's like when you have that backstory, people really enjoy that. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the premise of, of storytelling. And I think the more people can get better at storytelling, obviously, then, you know, especially having a background in that, right. And film up, that's exactly what it is, is storytelling, right. How you getting, yeah. how you're going to write something down and put it through cinematography and putting it all together so that people get that, you know, feel touched by the story or whatever, whatever you're trying to, to portray through the, the movie. So that's awesome. So it's, probably didn't ever think that it would come into handy the way it did, right? You thought you were going to be a big movie producer and you're like, now I'm in Japan and I've got, you know, five SaaS products or four SaaS products. So that's interesting how the, I love that. That's why I was trying to get a little backstory because I'm always interested in, you know, like how people got started. So what inspired you to, to get into marketing? I mean, obviously you're doing marketing, you've got SaaS products and we were kind of laughing earlier. We, and I think, I think it was empire. I think that's what it was. We were, we met a long time ago or we're on the same platforms and, you know, vying for likes and coins and some other stuff. I don't, you know, Anyways, it was it was many moons ago. Now I don't even know if it's still around. I think it might be. I think it might be Empire Cred. But what caused you to jump jump into marketing? Because obviously, being a, a bootstrap SaaS products, you know, bootstrapping is like, hey, you gotta, you know, last time I checked, you start off with zero dollars, and you're like, all right, I gotta be the marketer now. So I gotta kind of figure this out. So when did you jump into the marketing position? I had to figure it out. Yeah. So I worked for Japanese manufacturers mainly, and it was mostly business development and working with overseas distributors or customers. I was useful for the Japanese companies because their English is generally terrible. They could have 200 employees, none of them speak English. I can communicate in the office, but then dealing with the world, they're relying on my English. And then it's just do what you can type of situation. So I didn't study marketing per se in school. Mm. So I did that hands-on. And then with our team, yes, I do a lot of the, the hands-on marketing stuff. I do all of our social, every bit of it myself. Wow. Well, we'll talk about that. It's mostly automatically generated, saves me time, but, yeah. uh, but there's that. And then it's mostly just business development, working with partners and, and enterprise level business that I do. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your SaaS product that you are. You're, you have a number of SaaS products, but they're all under the, the right kit right. is the name of the company, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what do you think? I mean, what I want to talk about is the products that you have there. Then I want to kind of go a deeper dive into like hashtag marketing and kind of talk about what your product provide for the market and kind of what they do. So let's talk about a little bit about the company. Give us a little premise of what you got going on there. So there was a huge earthquake and tsunami. You might remember Fukushima nuclear reactors on fire. And I was here at that time, and I found that the Japanese government didn't want us to know everything that was going on, Uh, culpability, bad bad choices, and the truth is coming out in Twitter. 
So I was mm. kind of glued to Twitter. But what I noticed is that people are adding two, three, four hashtags to the same tweet that look like they mean semantically the same thing. Mm-hmm. JP quake, Japan earthquake, Fukushima. And I thought, it looks like they're just guessing at which hashtag is going to have an audience, which one are people clicking on or which one are they tracking? Like in a column in Hootsuite or TweetDeck, something like that. Which is 100% true. Well, that's exactly, I mean, I know when I put in hashtags, I think what is most popular, but they're in theory, well, I mean, there's now, obviously we're gonna talk about your tool, but that's the thing is like, we just put in stuff for like, I, I think this would be good. I don't really fully know, but let's go ahead and right put it there. Tag. So yeah. that's why I came up with the concept for tag bag. That's what I first called it, tag bag. You're going to find what looks like evidence that this is the right tag and save it in a bag for using later a group of hashtags. And I found a developer in Japan, an English guy, John Waller. He built a one-page website, promptly got hired somewhere. I lost my <laughs> team. After that, I went back, did that internship I was telling you about. Yeah. Worked with a guy at Ideas Watch, learned a bit from that. And uh, I said to him, what, what if we built something that could actually be self-sustainable economically? And we threw around ideas. We picked up Tag Bag. And he said, are you in love with the name? I said, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and we came up with Right Tag. And this was our first product. And it was a matter of looking at your topic and suggesting hashtags and giving you whatever evidence we could for positive outcomes. And I left it open to what that could mean. So a lot of people want to know if I use this hashtag, will people follow me? And we continue to never su suggest that we are a follower growth tool uh, mm. with right tag or any of our products. Uh, people may find that they tend to get followed, uh, but it's not really, we can't show cause and effect based on, so we don't make that claim. Um, but we started with right tag. People wanted more. They wanted also publishing and they wanted the ability to advertise on URLs that they share. And so we added more and more to right tag. And then people said to us, you know, I like paying sendable or buffer for the publishing. How much of this price is going for this stuff that's duplicit with what you're offering? So we broke up right tag into the publishing and social post creation tool, right forge, the automation tool, right boost. Mm. the thing for advertising on URLs that you share, similar to Sniply, we have Rightly and RightTag. And then we built each of them further and continue to. So at that time, RightTag in its inception was a matter of type a hashtag and we would give you analytics and you're supposed to deduce and you didn't deduce. Most people, you know, marketing. So you would look at, oh, there's this many unique tweets that contain this hashtag versus these are my positive outcomes. There's a big differential there. That's a good thing. People didn't understand that. So we gave them, we invented color grading. Michal Hudacek, our CTO, came up with the concept, the first visualization of 
what a hashtag could be expected to get you. So we started that, the color grading, and we gave that as well as if you wanted some numerical analytics. What right tag does now is hashtag generation for text or for image. So rather than doing research, it's just tap or click on an image and just get your hashtags. This is the main thing. Gotcha. So it's auto-generated at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say when you put up, so I put up a picture and then all of a sudden, does it recognize a picture? Do I have to say, this is what the picture is? Or do I write a description and then it says, these are the hashtags to use? How does that work? Well, you're working. So we have to stay out of your way. So, <laughs> okay. So we're, we are out of your way. So what you would do is just write, if, you, if you're using the browser extension, you right click on the image and then choose the, it's called context menu. Us lay people, mm. non-developers call it the mouse right-click menu, <laughs> but I do. But then you get the generate hashtags option. And instead of going to a website and doing five, six minutes of research, it's 1.8 seconds and you have your hashtags. And you can also, if you want to dig into data, you can compare them, open a page showing numerical analytics, or you could just, yep, look good, copy, paste. I think that the thing that's cool about that, I think the, well, not only the fact that it's, hey, there's actually analytics behind it, right? Is I also think that even though you guys aren't, you know, hey, this doesn't help you gain more followers, but I think, you know, there's a lot of people that use those types of tools for that, right? And, and I think there's a lot of, I mean, it's kind of an added bonus to me. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you can, now you're using, think about content. Like when I put up content, when I first started putting up content, I just put up content, right? I didn't really think about SEO. I didn't think about this. I didn't think about, you know, any of that. And now obviously I put up content with intent, right? It's kind of what we, I tell my team, like, what is the purpose of this content? Like if you're putting up a hashtag, what is the purpose of that hashtag? And I think a lot of people don't think about that. It comes down to the thing of like, oh, I'm just put this out there because I think this is right. So what do you, I've got a question for you. So how do you think hashtags, because obviously I think it's evolved. Do you think there's companies that are using them and are they using it the right way? I mean, what is your opinion on this? I know what your opinion is going to be because I know what my opinion is, but I wanted to get your opinion because you're the professional. I think there are some that, that believe in sticking to a small group and really pounding on them. I believe in is what is the post, the text of the post or the image or both? What are they about? Because that's a single piece of content. If it's a, a Facebook post, an update or a LinkedIn update, or it's a tweet, it's that one thing. And that one thing can be what people are looking at. And so you want to be, hashtags should be relevant for that post, not just about you. What is Shane Barker's organization about? You're going to have that collectively over a whole body of tweets. But really, it's look at that post, look at that image, do the hashtags appropriately for that one text and image post. That's what I believe in. And it also means that you're getting, you're reaching wide because there'll be some elements of that image. Our machine looks into that image, finds, I mean, we can even find like the time of day based on the light. Is it morning? Is it evening based on the light? Things like that. Oh, wow. 
Seize. Good old technology. Yeah, you're going to love that. So what you're pretty much saying is that, hey, if I'm a company, like great, you have certain hashtags that the company uses, but you really should use hashtags specific to the content you're putting up. Yes. Right, which, yeah. which makes more sense, right? It's not, not going to go use hashtag SEO if I'm writing about influencer marketing, yeah. right? I mean, just as a, as a basic, which would be, would think is pretty basic, but I, I see a lot of people that once again will abuse hashtags and let me, if I put up, you know, 500 hashtags, not 500, but 50 or whatever it is and let's see what happens. So, what are some hashtag, I guess, like marketing techniques that companies could implement? And then also, is there any way, like with the premise of your tool, is it to look at ROI or is it just to, to make a more intelligent decision when it comes to hashtags? Like kind of break that down a little bit for us. Sure. So we're looking at positive outcomes, which is basically the impressions that posts, tweets, Instagram posts are getting. And so we're looking semantically, like what is your text post about? And then are there operative words in there? What if we push two of them together? We do that as well, mm. right? And then looking at what the hashtag should be, but then are those hashtags getting people anything? And if not, we don't suggest them. So it's really drilled down to ones that are getting positive outcomes. I think in general, we started with right tag. This is our ninth year. I've done a whole lot of experimentation as have others on the team. And what I can tell you is over a body of posts in any social network, not, not one single post, but over a whole body, a hundred of them, many or several hundred, use hashtags strategically, put a little thought into them. And whether you're spending five minutes of research, like everyone, all these blog posts are saying, do this and that for hashtag research, whether you do exhaustive research or you just use a quality hashtag generation tool, either way, you're going to get a little bit more from hashtags, a little bit more, which is why you should spend next to no time on them. You should just use hashtag generation and then we have, we have other tools that will take a post and just do the hashtags to them. So RightForge and RightBoost do that. But with RightTag, it's just give me my hashtags. And the thing to do, I'll deselect one or two that you don't like, copy, paste, get on with your day. So it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, really, it comes down to like, hey, listen, you're probably not going to put that much effort into your hashtags. And so guess what? By using this tool, you still don't have to put a lot of effort in. You just got to use it, right? I mean, right. this thing's going to be a thousand times more intelligent than you because you're just going to come up, not you, but whoever is going to just come up with a hashtag just because they think. But why just go take a shot in the dark when you have a tool that you can right-click on and go and take a look at and say, okay, now this makes total sense. Now I can see how we can, once again, make a better, a more an intelligent decision when it comes to marketing and putting the hashtags in there. Yeah. In our about page, we have a tiny section in the, sec in the center manifesto. And one of the elements is it says nothing about social media in our, because we're not in love with social media. This is not what we're about. We're, we want to do meaningful work. We assume that our customers do as well. You know, our lives are limited. We want to do worthwhile stuff. Automate what can be automated. Yeah. Save yourself, save time. So we want to save ourselves time. We want to save our customers time. That's what it's actually about. 
Yeah. Why not be more efficient if you can be yeah. right? I mean, to, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, there's a 10,000. That's what I look at. There's 10,000 things to worry about. How can I get rid of 9,999 of them? Mm-hmm. And if automation is a part of that, they don't, you know, I don't need to go look up hashtags and do all that kind of thing. I mean, if I can right click, then why, why wouldn't I, right? Why wouldn't I take that part out for, you know, nominal amount of money a month to be able to not have to worry about that. Assuming that once again, I'm either looking to maybe get more followers or get more impressions or get more eyeballs, right? I mean, that's the mm-hmm. whole point. If you're putting something out, the idea is eyeballs. So if you have to put in very little effort to be able to do that, like I don't understand why people wouldn't do that. So I think that's that's awesome. So when they use the tool, like when you talk about like results and when we talk about impressions and stuff like that, um, how quickly can somebody, and once again, I know this is difficult to, to say, like how quickly can somebody start seeing some better results? Because I mean, everybody's different. It depends on the content you're putting out, depends on your followership. I mean, there's a lot of variables there, but have you guys seen anything where you're like saying, hey, most people, when they start using the tool, they see you know, more impressions within the first week, first two weeks, like what's the usual use case? Generally, those that are the most successful don't talk about it. Ah, there we go. Right. Because <laughs> they don't want to tell everybody. Yeah. I have people telling me, Saul, good news, bad news. I'm not telling anyone about, about right tag. <laughs> and the reason why I like to keep it as my secret weapon. Ah. What I find is that if I start looking, for example, at who's following us in Instagram, who's following us in Twitter, it's a matter of, yeah, it makes sense for that type of person if you look at what they're about. So there's plenty of, of like random looking accounts. Mm-hmm. You get some of them, but you also get more and more of ones that are, it makes sense yeah. that they would because of what they do. That's heartwarming <laughs> to see that yeah. it works, but it's, I wouldn't say masses of them. People do see they get more, but it's also more engagement. Something got someone's attention. Like I was saying before, it's that individual piece of content and the hashtags were right for it. And that reached other people. And you didn't even think about the wooden table in your image, but that's what got someone's attention. And they're also interested in what Shane Barker does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what got them over. That's the beauty of hashtags, right? I mean, the idea is, is you can put a piece of content, you can put it in multiple conversations. So most of my audience will understand this, but I guess we should have probably talked about that. Like hashtags, the idea on Twitter, you go, you put a message out for every hashtag you put in there that goes in that conversation, right? So each one of those are conversations. So if you're more intelligent about where you're putting your content, knowing it's going to resonate with those individuals or it can resonate with them, then you're once again, you're putting one piece of content, you're putting it in 10 potential conversations and being able to do that more intelligently, obviously is a better way to go. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, like, in your opinion, like when you look at companies, like, like the hashtag marketing stuff that they do, like, what are the one or two or three things that you can think of that there's like companies that they seem to continuously get it wrong when it comes to, you know, using hashtag marketing? I mean, other than not using your tool, which I'm sure would be number one, but number two, like, is there anything you see and you go, God, I wish they wouldn't do that. Or it's like, man, that drives me crazy when I see these companies, they just don't know what they're doing. Mm, yeah. One thing I would say is it's rather than using our tool, it's use a hashtag generator compare them, try and there are others out there. If you search in the app stores, there are those. I just did an article on comparing hashtag generators. So look for something that gives you one account for both mobile and desktop. Look for something that's doing hashtag generation for text as well as for images. Images, Great. And look for something that's affordable and it's worth the money companies doing it well, not really noticing them a whole lot. So uh, we're a tiny team. We're a team of three. Oh, really? Yes. We, and you have four SaaS products? Yes. 
and an API with 13 uh, solutions for enterprise. And we've had many more people working on the team off and on. So there's over 100 people have contributed to what we have. A lot yeah. of them have moved on. So there are people that have gone to Google, Amazon, Facebook, Snap after us. It's been sort of a, a, like a jumping off point for a heck of a lot of people. They've cut their teeth. They've, they've uh, proven what they can do with us and moved on, but we're currently three people. So when you're asking me about looking at what companies are doing it particularly badly, um, I would just say, I don't like to see when someone believes in sticking with, I'm in content marketing, so, so I should use content marketing, content strategy, digital strategy, six hashtags, and just pound on those. Yes, you're coming up for those, but your content, that individual tweet I was talking about, it's got this image, it's got this going on, and the text is about this. Unique. Yeah, and you're going to be relevant when you're getting hashtags for that, but you're reaching out, casting a wide net relevantly. So that's what I like to see. No, that's awesome. I think that's a great suggestion is that you have your core hashtags that you use, but once again, break out of that, depending on the kind of content that you're putting out there, right? As long as it's something that once again, if you have a wood desk as an example, if you have a wood desk in your picture and that's not a hashtag you use and try that and see if you can maybe pull somebody in if it's relevant into your furniture that you do or whatever that is, whatever your company is, just think about some unique hashtags to use as well. 